well. And let me add my welcome to um, those you've already received this morning. Let's pray as we come to these words again. Father, we thank you so much for the book of Philippians. Thank you for all that you have taught us, shown us of our Lord Jesus. And we pray that uh, this morning again you would please show us him so clearly and help us to respond to him rightly. In his name for his glory. Amen. Amen. Well, sometimes uh, ideas or characteristics can be best understood, not just by talking about the idea as a whole, but by example. Um, so if I would kind of say dedication, what does dedication look like? Well, we might think of uh, a professional athlete here, Cristiano Ronaldo. One of the, uh, dedication, and that because we see that in his diet, in his training, his commitment, sacrifices, all those things. Or if I was to say to you, confidence, what, what does that mean? Well, we might think of Usain Bolt, so I'm supremely confident. Sorry about the two sporting illustrations. Uh, let's step away from sport as well. What about, about kind of passionate? We might think David Attenborough, so, so deeply passionate about the wonderful creation that we live in and, and preserving it. And sometimes it's easier to understand concepts, ideas, really by, by seeing people who embody those things. And a couple of weeks ago, we saw that big call for us to think like Jesus. To think in the same way as him. And hopefully, over the last few weeks, we have started to see, well, what does that look like in practice? But maybe we need a bit more help. And so what we find this morning is Paul gives us effectively case studies, examples of people who embody thinking like Jesus, people who really do live that out. In letters in those days, it was very common for somebody to commend others in those writings. So if I was going to send a letter to Lionsdown Church, maybe Mark Berry was going to be the delivery person, I would say, hey, Mark is a great guy, you can trust him, listen to him. I'm going to send Mark, he's going to deliver the letter, and he's going to stay with you and serve you for a couple of months. He's a really good guy. So that was kind of common practice. And what we find here is commendation for these two people. But in one sense, it's completely unnecessary. Because both Timothy and Epaphroditus, the two people Paul commends, were well known to the Philippians. But the amount of time he spends doing so really helps us to see, therefore, that really Paul isn't just commending them. He's really holding them up as examples, saying these guys are good. These are examples for you to follow, to inspire you. And really, that's what's going to happen for us this morning, then, is as we hold up these examples that Paul makes, it's there to encourage us, not to kind of make us feel guilty, like, this is what they're like, but you're not like that. This is what they're like, but you're not like that. No, but to, to say, actually, this is what they were like, and where we are doing the same, we're on the right course, we're on the right track. But equally, there may well be some things where you say, actually, yeah, we're not quite doing that. But before we hold up these examples, because simply just to say they were like this, therefore we should be like that, uh, is a bit sloppy, because that would be to miss why they were like that and to miss how we can be like that too. So I'm going to spend a few moments really recapping what we saw 
in what it means to think like Jesus. These things that these people embody. So flip a glance with me um, back to chapter 2, verse 5, to see what does it mean to think like Jesus. Well, here's the command of verse 5. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Paul wants our hearts, our souls, our minds so captivated by Jesus that we think like Jesus. His mindset becomes ours. And as we think like Jesus, well, that is going to more enable us to live like Jesus. How did Jesus think? Well, my my summary back then a few weeks ago was selfless humility. That was Jesus' mindset, selfless humility. How do we see that? Look at me at these wonderful verses again. I make no apologies for for going through them again. Verse 5, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself to the point by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Selfless humility, selfless. He was in the form of God, yet he didn't use that position for himself, his own interests. And humility, humility of leaving glory to come to earth, to be born as a man, and not just any man, but to be born as a servant. And not just as a servant, but, but being humble to the point of death. Not just to the point of death, but even death on the cross. That is how Jesus thought. And it is as we are captivated by him that we can think like him and live like him. You know, the, the, I keep keep banging on about this memory, memory like memorise bits of Philippians, learn bits of Philippians. Uh, I, I'm going to do it again. Uh, the memory verse song that May's recorded that's on our YouTube, that's on verses 5 to 8. Learn it. If you don't already, use the song if that's helpful for you. If it's not, just learn the words. But we're not it's just a kind of exercise. It is so that we think on them, that we meditate on them. As we think about Jesus and what his mindset was, that it will become ours too. But what does that look like in practice? Well, Paul holds out two examples, Timothy and Epaphroditus. But also, first you'll notice from your handouts, I've actually put Paul himself. Okay, later on in chapter 3, verse 17, he will say explicitly, join in imitating me. Even as Paul talks about others here, I think he exhibits thinking like Jesus too. Timothy and um, Epaphroditus and and Paul himself. We're going to cover, I think, like 24 different aspects. Now, I've restrained myself from listing them all for you. Um, But remember, these people were well known to the Philippians. And so really, as we read and we go through, I want us to get the impression of them as we see but also because we're looking at so many i'm just going to pause a second and pray for us again pray that we would be helped by the the big overview but also actually maybe that the spirit would highlight one or two things that we would, would work on so let's just pause and pray for a second father thank you so much for the example of these three men 
please would you inspire us by looking at them that we would think like they thought, like Jesus thought. Father, if there are a couple of areas that we particularly need to work on as a church or individually, please do highlight them to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So let's go through. First one, Paul. Okay, this is really the kind of simplest one. Um, there are a couple of things we could draw out. We're just going to just pick on one. So for Paul, thinking like Jesus meant that he, looked, he served the interests of others over himself. For Paul, thinking like Jesus meant that he served the interests of others over himself. Because do you remember where Paul is? Paul is in Rome, but he is in prison. He is in chains. He is awaiting trial, potentially execution. And Christians around him, the church in Rome, are a somewhat divided bunch. We've seen already that um, some in Rome were preaching Christ, but they were doing so in order to try and bring Paul harm. So he is in, in no sense of the word, is he in a kind of happy place? He's in prison. It's certainly circumstantial. He's in prison. And even the Christians around him are a kind of somewhat divided and mixed bunch. And yet, he was going to send away to the Philippians some of his closest brothers. Now, I just want to be kind of clear in this sending, because Paul doesn't write, write it all in chronological order, okay? I got a bit carried away on PowerPoint on Friday. Um, so, but hopefully this is helpful just kind of for seeing what Paul's plans are. Um, so here we have Paul, um, Timothy, Epaphroditus. And first off, he's going to send Epaphroditus to Philippi with the letter that he's writing. And then later date, he's going to send Timothy to Philippi as well to kind of find out how they're doing. Timothy is then going to come back to Paul and, and report on it. And then Paul is confident that after his trial, he, and presumably Timothy as well, will then go to Philippi. Quite cool, huh? Yeah. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, but hopefully that's just, just to see what's kind of, what, what's kind of happening in this, this sending, because he writes it in a different order. But it is really costly for Paul to send them. Look how he describes Epaphroditus in chapter 2, verse 25. I thought it necessary to send to Epaphroditus my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier and your messenger and minister to my need. See how he describes Timothy in verse 20, first of all. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Verse 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father he has served with me in the gospel. And here these two guys, Paul is going to send away, despite his own circumstances. Because the needs of the Philippians outweighs his own. You see, for Paul, thinking like Jesus meant that at great cost to himself, he served others before himself. Paul's captivation to Christ meant that he loved others and he put their needs before his own. And as we hold that, (coughs) excuse me, as we hold the example of Paul in front of us, that we too would think like Jesus, how can we put how can we love others and put their needs before our own? Part of the example, part of the reason for holding up these case studies of individual people is to see that actually it's almost infinite ways. But let me just give a couple of examples. 
putting others' needs before our own. You know, I had a really busy week, sit down Friday night on the sofa with a drink and watch a film or whatever, and just as it starts, your phone pings, and it's from a friend that says, Hi, Rich, I'm really struggling at the moment. Could you dot, 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 you know, you get the beginning of it. And what do you do at that time? Put the phone down, don't read it, they don't get the two blue ticks, they won't know you've seen it. Now, to serve their interests, their needs above our own, what? no, I'm going, to, I'm going to look at it, and I'm going to see what I can do to help. You know, the first look around after church isn't, kind of, where are my friends so that I can catch up with them, but actually, where are the, the people who most need a conversation, who are looking a bit lonely or lost or struggling? Can I go and speak to them? Perhaps you've got a bit of money set aside for a holiday or a thing or whatever it might be, but then you become aware of a need in the church family. Putting the interests of others above ourselves, that happens as we think like Jesus. Well, that's Paul. Secondly, Timothy. Timothy was a long-time partner of Paul, as we've already seen. Uh, It's Timothy as of the letters 1 and 2 Timothy. And he was well known to the Philippians. So you'll notice just back in in chapter 1, verse 1, it's Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. So this letter kind of comes from Timothy 2. Because Timothy, and so he was very well known to the Philippians because Timothy was there when the Philippian church was founded. Back in Acts 16, Timothy was with Paul as that happened. And very likely he'd spent many months at least in Philippi and or in the surrounding area. And so when Paul mentions Timothy, like immediately they're like, oh yeah, Timothy. Yeah, remember him? He was here and he did that and he was like that. So they've got a much fuller picture than, than we do. But what is it that Paul highlights of Timothy for, for them and for us? How does he, as it were, think like Jesus? Well, first thing we spot here is that he is unequaled. Again, look at verse 20. For I have no one like him. I have no one like him. He is unequaled. He is unparalleled. Amongst all the co-workers and fellow soldiers that he has there, Paul, Timothy is above the rest. Particularly, I think that's highlighted in two ways. Firstly, he's unequaled in his unity, his like-mindedness with Paul. So more literally, and that is, I have no one like-souled or or like-minded, no one who thinks the same way, someone who is utterly and completely on the same page as Paul. No one like him. And doesn't that make us think of chapter 2, verse 2, where Paul encourages the Philippians by saying, being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord, and that's kind of the same rewords, the same sold. Uh, And there's one more, and of one mind. Well, that's what Timothy was like with Paul. And here, going on, then we... um, we see they have no one like him, so no one who kind of thinks quite the same way. And secondly, no one who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. He's unparalleled in his concern for the Philippians. That word concerned is the, the words um, that Paul uses in chapter 4, verse 6, for being anxious. It's going to be emotionally weighed down. But Paul's, uh, sorry, Timothy's concern for the Philippians will be so much that he feels it so deeply. It's not casual. 
His interests, his, he is interested in the interests of others. And that concern isn't forced or artificial, it's genuine. And he doesn't just say, I'll pray for you, and then forget all about them. He doesn't just think about them on Sunday and then forget all about the church until the next Sunday. And then it's, oh, yeah, yeah. This deep, genuine concern for their welfare. And that's reinforced in verse 21 as Timothy is contrasted um, with some others. So verse 21, for they all seek the interest, sorry, they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. It's hard to know for sure. I think the they there is probably a kind of generalization of the church in Rome. But they say, look, they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But Timothy, no, he does seek the interests of Jesus Christ by seeking your interests. Note, note that connection. Seeking the interests of Jesus is seeking the welfare of others. But, you know, isn't the message of our world, look after number one? Look after number one. Look after number one. That's what we're told. And in a sense, Paul would say, yes, do look out for number one. Just remember that number one is Jesus Christ. You look out for his interests, which is looking out for the welfare of others. And Timothy, he's proven himself over a long period of time. Verse 22. But you know Timothy's proven worth. He's been tried and tested and has remained faithful. Like so much so that it's obvious to all. It says, look, you know. You know Tim- Timothy's proven worth. He's been faithful and loyal to Paul. Like, a, like a, a father who trains up a son in the family business. Well, that's kind of like the relationship that they've had. So verse 22, but you know Timothy's proven worth. How is a son with a father? He has served with me. And he served or literally slaved with me. So Timothy is hard working. And they served the gospel cause. So he has served with me in the gospel. Timothy has been loyal and faithful with Paul as together they've gone around trying to share and spread the gospel. And the last thing we see of Timothy is he, he's humble. You know, it's costly for, for Paul to send Timothy. But it humbled Timothy says, look, I'll go where you send me. He's willing to go if that's where Paul thinks he's needed. Not a small undertaking. It's about an 800-mile trip. That's a fair old distance today. Back in those days, that was a serious task. And remember, he was going to go 800 miles and then come back again. You see, Timothy, his devotion to Christ meant he was genuinely concerned for the interests of others. And he served the gospel. You know, don't we want to be like that? You want to seek the interests of Jesus, or we seek the welfare of others. Now, someone who who shares, so so someone who, who perhaps shares real hardships with you. It's not just oh, I'll pray for you. No, but it's it's listening well, praying there and then going away and praying for them like you said you will, remembering them checking in with them again saying look how's it going genuine concern over coffee at the end of the service like, moves beyond that slightly awkward barrier of you know, fine talking about our week and our family and the football like, that's easy enough but, but pushing beyond that say look how, is your, how are your quiet times going 
have you been able to, to, to reach out to witness to anyone recently? Because actually we're seeking their ultimate welfare and the ultimate good, which is a spiritual good. For, for Timothy, being genuinely his thinking like Jesus meant he was genuinely concerned for the interests of others. And he served the gospel in that. That happens as we think like Jesus. So that picture was um, proven worth, proven like you can kind of put uh, metal into a furnace. Um, and it shows it to be genuine. So my slides aren't catching up. But next up is Epaphroditus. So that's, that's Paul, that's Timothy. Now finally, thank you, there you go, Epaphroditus. Now Epaphroditus, um, sorry, they knew Epaphroditus even better than Timothy because Epaphroditus was one of them. He was part of the Philippian church. But again, Paul holds him up, commends him as an example. And he starts with this kind of rapid-fire description of five things. So look down with me in verse 25. I thought it necessary to send to Epaphroditus my brother. So Epaphroditus is a genuine believer, but not just a brother, my brother. So again, there's a relationship word. He's my brother and my fellow worker and fellow soldier. He's united with Paul in that mission. He isn't a lone ranger. No, he's partnered with, he's a fellow worker and a fellow soldier. And then as you see in the pictures there, he's a fellow worker, fellow soldier. Both of those images kind of invoke real hard work, graft, sacrifice. And indeed, those who work for the gospel will end up as warriors in some sense for the gospel too. This is Epaphroditus. And he is uh, moving on in verse 25. He is your messenger. So he put himself at the service of the church. The church needs somebody to, um, to take this gift, financial gift from the church in Philippi to Paul. Epaphroditus says, I'll go. A minister of my need. He's a humble servant. But it's an interesting point here that um, he, he was performing a practical task there. Okay, so he's, he was a courier. He, he carried money from one place to another. And yet that, yet that word that Paul uses there as minister is, is a, used of priestly service. So yes, it was a practical service, but it was a spiritual service too. A little encouragement for us in, in serving in practical ways in the church to serve in practical ways is to serve spiritual ways as well. Epaphroditus, he too cared deeply about others. And so moving into verse 26, for he has been longing for you all. That word longing is the word that Paul used for himself for the Philippians uh, in 1.8. Epaphroditus has been longing for them. And going on, he has been distressed because you heard that he was ill. So it's likely that on this journey from Philippi to Rome with the money, um, he got ill in, in some ways. But rather than being excited that he was at the, the centre of attention, getting everyone praying for him, or, or rather than being just ultimately distressed about his own circumstances, Paphroditus' main concern was them. They'd heard he was ill, and he was distressed because they'd heard he was ill. And that word distress is the one that was used of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. A serious distress, a serious concern, because they heard he was ill. So he deep cared deeply for others. And then um, flicking down to verse 28, we see that he is worthy of honour. So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honour such men. 
What made him worthy of this honour? Well, he was utterly committed to the point of risking his life. Do you see that verse 29? So receive him in the Lord with all joy and honour such men for, here's the reason, for he nearly died for the work of Christ. Risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. So as I said, we don't know for certain, but it's likely that somewhere on this journey from Philippi to Rome, he got ill. But rather than turning back, going back to home and family and church, he pressed on. He wanted to keep going in service to Christ and service to Paul. You see, his commitment to the work of Christ meant he had genuine care for others and willingly sacrificed himself for them. You know, sometimes serving in church life requires costly sacrifice. To prepare that Sunday school lesson after a really long week and all you want to do is slump on the sofa. It's costly to do so. Increasingly in our country, to, to witness at work is a risk. There can be repercussions. It's a risk. But that comes as we think like Jesus. Here, so here it is. Here's Paul saying, look, we, we have to think like Jesus. Have that mindset of those wonderful things, selfish humility that we saw him do. What does that look like? Well, here are some examples. Paul himself putting the interest and needs of others above himself. Timothy, who was faithful and loyal, who was genuinely concerned for the interest of others. And he served the gospel in that. And Epaphroditus, at great risk to himself, wouldn't be put off from the work of the Lord. That is what it looks like to think like Jesus. And let's pray that that would be how we think too. Father God, please, uh, would you indeed work that in us? Would Jesus thinking that, that Paul, Timothy, Epaphroditus displayed, would that be our thinking too? Please, would you work that in us, that in so many ways we would be living that out too. That Jesus would be glorified and magnified in everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. Um, uh, can I have the final slide up, please? Um, just again, remember, encouraging you to, to remember to memorize um, verses each week. Um, this week's one is chapter 2, verse 22. Struggle to pick one, but 2.22 if you want to learn one by yourself or with others. And next week's passage to read through and pray through in advance is chapter 3, verses 1 to 11 as well. That's all.